Nigeria. I am Adela Moses Adeodu, your favorite podcaster. And in the studio here with me, I have got son Israel Shudipo. This morning, we shall be digging into the God's words on a seven-part series, Christ's Model or Pattern on Revival, an exposition into the mystery of the letters to the seven churches. So my uh, man of God, I believe God has a word for everyone at a time like this. Oh yes, God has always had word. The problem is that we have not always listened. That's why the scripture says, let him that has here, hear what the spirit is saying. Not what the spirit has said, but what the spirit is saying. Because the spirit is always talking. He's always saying something. Hmm. Our inability to hear does not mean God has only been silent. Hmm. What the spirit said, present continuous tense to the church. Good. Good. Now, don't you think it's addressed to churches? Yes. I would say it is and it was. But you know that the word of God never dies. For the word of God is ye and amen. In the interpretation of the book of Revelation, it has three interpretations. Yes, I quite agree with you that in the days of Apostle John, those churches truly existed. The church of Ephesus, the church of Smyrna, the church of Pagamos, the church of Tatra, the church of Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. They mm. truly existed in Asia Minor. Now the modern day Turkey, of which some of them have been pulled down. So I quite agree. But that is the first interpretation. is to the local churches. Two, it's a prophetic book. If you listen to it, you said seven letters to the seven churches. Seven means perfection, completion, according to the Jewish law. Number seven means something perfect. So it's for the perfect or the holistic church for all the churches, irrespective of the local church. That's the second school of thought. On, interpre- uh, on interpretation of um, revelation. Do you understand? Yeah. And the thought is that it's actually for individuals. Now, you may be an individual that you are manifesting the characteristics of the church of Ephesus. You might be an individual that you are manifesting the characteristics of the church of Pagamos, or the church of La- Laodicea, or the church of Philadelphia, or the church of Thyatira, or the mm. church of Sardis. Do you understand? Mm. So there are three approaches to interpretation, and three of them are right. It could be forced to the church as at that time because those churches truly existed. But if those churches do no longer exist, then we should be talking about individuals. Because right in the book of Revelation chapter 1 and 2, the, the Bible says, hear what the Spirit is saying to you. He that has an hear. It did not say the church that has an hear. He that has an hear. Meaning it is actually for individuals. Then 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 says, for ye are the temple of God or ye are the church of God. So the church is not the blocks and the cement and the cathedrals. It is actually you. But under the spirit of the Lord dwells in 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 6. That the spirit of God now dwells in you. And you know, my body is your sanctuary or my body is your temple. So you are the church. So your life may replicate Smyrna or Laodicea or Ephesus or Philadelphia. Hmm. Do you understand? So when we are saying seven, letter to seven churches, don't just be seen as a church as a church. No, you are that church. It is you that the Spirit of God dwells in. Good. So why building cathedrals and not building human? We, we, we build human little and we build magnificent cathedrals. Well, my school of thought is, in the days of adversity, as, as my senior pastor would always say, as my senior pastor would always say, that um, persecution, is still the greatest sanctifying power of the church. 
Do you understand? In the days of persecution, it is the lives that have been built. It's the people that are strong that will defend the cathedrals that we are building. Do you understand? So yeah. we cannot afford to joke with what the Bible has given us as uh, the unveiling of the scriptures, which is revelation or the apocalypse, what, what the scripture has said, especially that which is about to come, so that it does not come on us all of a sudden. Mm. If, if, if anything happens to the body of Christ or to you and I, our listeners from several continents of the world, mm. we, um, thank God for some of you that you have been following us from the United States, from the United Kingdom, from Canada, from India, mm-hmm. from, um, from Trin- Poland, Trin- Trinidad from Trinidad and Tobago, from Kenya, from, from several nations. We, yes, we bless God for your life. But what we are trying to say is, if anything goes wrong, then um, God cannot be held accountable because he has given you the revelation. He has revealed it only that you did not open it. Hmm. So God, God's hands are clear because God has done his part. So we must, of all books to look at, Revelation is the number one. Because it tells us our destination, where we are going. Mm. And it is where we are going that we should focus on more. Not only where we are coming from. Do you understand? Yeah. Revelation reveals more about the kingdom of God and the qualifications to enter into that kingdom. What will it profit us if we have achieved everything on earth? But because we have failed to look at the constitution um, book of God, which is Revelation, and we miss it, then shame, big shame, Hmm. to us as a church, as individuals around several nations, whether you are called of God or not, whether you are a minister of God, whether in, in whatever capacity you serve in the kingdom, hmm. the book of Revelation is still one of the most important books, for the most unique book of the Bible. Hmm. Yes, sir. That's serious. So now, don't you think it's addressed to churches? No, I just mentioned it now, that it is also to individuals. Okay. You know, I, I cited a verse now yeah. that said, um, he that has an ear, he, not the church, he, he, he. So you are the church, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to us, to mm. the church. Good. You're yes. right. Yes, You're sir. Right. Now, can we relate it to our lives? Oh, yes. According to what you just said and what you read, I want you to just shed the light on it, just briefly. You are that church. It is the individuals that makes up the church. And you are a member of that church. Do you understand? Now, if you, as an individual, you study this book and you are revived, it's going to bring corporate revival. Because those are the two types of revival that we have. Either individual revival or corporate, bracket open, church revival. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. And it is the individual revival that will spark the corporate revival. When you are revived and revived is revived. Yes. Yeah. Sir. I have never been this troubled in my history, in all my lifetime as a Christian, than the outbreak of COVID. When I expect that, I don't know, it's, it's just to show that something is missing in the body of Christ. We have drifted. Hmm. How? Even those who hold the mystery of the gospel, they are quite silent. Because something is missing. We are forsaking our first love. Mm. Mm. Thank you. Then how vetted is Revelation? In fact, the book of Revelation is still the most vetted book of the Bible. I'm sure you will agree with me that the Bible says in the book of Timothy that the scripture was given to us. Huh? 
through the inspiration of holy men. But the book of Revelation says it was a book from God to Jesus, given to the angel to now show apostles to John and to give it to the church. Hmm. So it has passed through a fivefold process of vetting. Heaven vet, God vetted, Jesus vetted, the angel vetted, the apostle John. And I hope you agree with me that Apostle John is one of the most uh, pillar. You know, John means love. Yeah. And the Bible says, of these three, um, love, hope, mm. and faith, Genesis. He now said, love is the greatest. And John is that apostle of love. Yeah. Mm. And giving to the church. And the Bible says, and the gate of hell shall not prevail. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. That's how strong. So the quality control or the quality assurance of the book of Revelation is, is extremely excellent, if there's any word like that. Mm. From God to Jesus, to the angel, mm. to the apostle, and to the church. So I stake my life on the authenticity of the book. Mm. That's powerful. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. So please do a quick summary of the seven churches. Okay. Revelation typically talks about seven churches, and I said earlier that seven means a number of perfection. So God is trying to x-ray all the denominations across the world. Be it church of the Orthodox, the Catholic, the Anglican, the, the irrespective, there is a the microscope of God, the x-ray eyes of God is on the church now. Even though Bible only mentions seven. Now, when the Bible was talking about the book of Ephesus, was telling us that they had many great qualities, but they lacked in something. A church that lacked love, a loveless church. So you're, you, may, you may have so many great Christian qualities, but you, are, but you may be a loveless Christian. Hmm. Hmm? Hmm. Now, the second church the Bible mentioned is called the church of Smyrna. That was a church that remained faithful amidst persecution. For example, in some nations of the world, the Christians are being persecuted. But even in the midst of that persecution, some people are still standing tough and standing right. And you know, the Bible says, and they love not their life, even unto the point of death. So that is a very good example of a church of, of, um, of Smyrna. The, now, for the church of Smyrna, there was no, there was no, uh, uh, Christ did not accuse them of anything. He only strengthened them and he encouraged them that they should continue to remain faithful. Hmm. I tell you that there are still people that are faithful. The Bible says, except a lot of us have left us some, some survivors, we will have been like Sodom and Gomorrah. God will always have survivors. He will always have his remnants, those that will not bow. Hmm. So that's the, that's the summary of the book of, um, of the Church of Smyrna, or the Smyrna Christians. Hmm. Then there's the Pagamos Christians. Pagamos are just those who have compromised their belief, and they've gone into paganistic practices. Pagamos, pagan, pagan, pagamos church, paganistic. They have added a bit of idolatry. Instead of Christology, what they now have is Christopaganism. They've matched mm. paganism plus, plus Christology and they've presented it to the church. So Can you please explain that paganism? Because some people don't understand, may not understand. By the time you start adding paganistic ideas, examples, rituals, Idols, you bring images, you bow down to images. When the same Bible tells us that even though if our picture is shown from heaven, thou shalt not bow and cause is any man. Hmm. In fact, hmm. the Bible says if they introduce strange doctrine, eh? Yeah. Paul placed a curse 
when strain doctrine is introduced, Paul plays the course. Hmm. Do you understand? Yes. The same Bible in the book of Revelation now says, do not add, neither should you subtract. If you add, God will add to your punishment. Hmm. If you subtract, you will also subtract from your reward. Do you understand me, sir? Yes. It will, it, it, it's, it's there in the Bible. So, those are good examples of the church of Pegamos. I don't. Especially some of them that claim to be this prophetic, prophetic. Do you understand? Yes. Some of them are waiting for the move of an angel instead of coming back to the word of God. They want to rely on, on visions and prophecies instead of relying on the undiluted word of God. Mm. Those are pagan practices. Do you understand? Yeah. The idea of, um, in the African context, some would prefer to go and bath at the sea. Hmm. It's wrong. Why not just be, plead the blood and be washed by the blood of the lamb? Some would like, you know, they, they, I would prefer we deal, maybe when we come to the church of Pagamos, we are going to unveil what the Bible is saying okay. about the church of Pagamos. Yes. Then the church, yes. Then the church of Tiatira. That is the church that follows false prophets. That was the church that permitted Jezebel to be teaching. That mm. woman, but who was a witch, who called herself a prophetess. Why have you permitted that? So that typically talks about people who are not qualified, people who are not qualified to, people who are not qualified to stand on the altar. Mm. But they want to teach. They want to uh, play a uh, p- power game on the altar. Then uh, the church of Sardis. In fact, the Bible says Sadis was spiritually dead. They had the reputation that they were alive, but God said they were dead. That's the church of Sadis. Do you get me, sir? Yeah. The church of Sadis. Yeah. They had the reputation that they were alive, but by the agenda of God, God said they were dead. So it is not enough that we are building cathedrals, that we are putting signboards, that we are spending money on advertisements. It's not enough. But it is enough for us to get Christ into the people. In fact, this is my definition of revival. Revival is not getting our churches filled with people. Revival is getting our people filled with Christ. Hmm. That is the true revival, sir. Hmm. You may have an influx of people in the church, yet the people are not revived. How do I know? Revelation, um, the book of uh, Ezekiel chapter 37, talking about the value of the dry bones. bones. He said the bones were very many and very dried. So you can have very many people and very spiritually dried people. That's an example of the Church of Sardis. Because they, are, they have missed the whole agenda, the whole point of Christianity. Out of imperceptible deviation, little by little, little by little, you are making mistakes, you are making errors. Nobody can correct you. Yet, you are not even going back into the word of the Lord. Jonathan, hmm. we must keep looking into the perfect law of liberty. Looking at the mirror, which is the word of God. So that at every point that we are drifting away, we must accept that there are issues in the church, in the body of Christ, in our individual life that we must deal with. Hmm. If not, then we are missing it. Then there is the church of Philadelphia, which patiently has waited on Christ. Hmm. Jonathan, that is the church of Philadelphia. Despite their weakness, they, they waited on Christ. And then the church of Laodicea. That is the church that had a lukewarm faith. Even though they looked as if they were prosperous, they had um, industrialization and it was a commercial um, center. But yet the scripture says that that particular church still had a lukewarm faith. That particular church still had a lukewarm faith. 
So, can we now pick from the first church? Okay. I would like to pick my reading from Revelation chapter number 2. It says, write a letter to the leaders of the church at Ephesus hmm. and tell him this. Now, the church at Ephesus. Don't forget that um, Apostle Paul wrote the book to the church of Ephesus or the Ephesian church. Hmm. And the Ephesian church in Acts chapter 20 gives up the background on, on, on what the, this church that um, John was talking about. Because that was the church that Apostle Paul had preached for about three years consistently there. Hmm. The book of Ephesians helps us to understand the profound degree to which they had been taught of the truth. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, 12, what we, all, we always quote most. Can you hmm. remember that? Yeah. That was the armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Yes. For, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So it's a church that understood spiritual warfare. Yeah. Quite another church. Spiritually gifted church. It's the same church that Bible is talking about. Now, write a letter to the church of Ephesus, which was the book of Ephesians. Do you understand? Mm. Yes. So now says, it's a church that Paul spent three years teaching. Mm. They understood who they were in Christ, mm. how to work with Christ, and how to engage in spiritual warfare. Yeah. Of course, when I say spiritual warfare, I, I know you agree with me that there are three levels of spiritual warfare. Yes. Do you understand? Yeah. The ground level, the occult level, and the strategic warfare. Mm. So this church understood it clearly. Their problem was not their failure to understand good doctrine. Their problem was, was not that they lacked perseverance. This church existed during one of the most difficult times in all of the Christian history, beginning in the 54 AD, Anno Domino, with the Emperor Nero, and there was widespread persecution of um, Christians. Mm. So, um, Apostle Pope, Apostle John, was writing. Now I'm on verse 2. I write to inform you of a message from him who works from the churches and owns their leaders in his right hand. Mm. Meaning, Christ always wants to control the leadership and the administration of our churches. Mm. He says to you, I know, I know how many good things you are doing. Sorry, I am I'm, um, I'm not using King James because I want everybody to understand this in very simple English. So okay. I think this is new, new living translation. All Something right. quite simple to understand. Yeah. So it says to you, I know how many good things that you are doing. Everyone is doing one good thing or the other. We agree. I have watched your hard work and your patience. Hmm. So patience was not your problem. Hard work in the church was not your problem. Hmm. I know you don't. I know you don't tolerate sin among your members. Hmm. That's beautiful. What a church. They, they never tolerated sin. Mm. And you have carefully examined the claims of those who say that they are apostles, but they are not. Mm. Even amongst your leaders, you can discern who, who is who, who is right and who is wrong. You have found out how they lie. You have patiently suffered. Suffered for me without quitting. Mm. That was good. Yet, there is one thing wrong. You don't love me as at the first King James calls it, thou hast forsaken thy first love. Think about those things. Think about those times of your first love. How different now. And turn back to me again and walk as you did before. Or else I will come and remove your candlestick from its place among the churches. But there is about that is good. You ate the deeds of the licentious Nicolaitans just as I do. Let this message sink into the ears of anyone who listens to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious 
I will give fruit from the tree of life in the paradise of God. Hmm. So that was a church that had so many great qualities, many ad- admirable qualities, but one tragic flaw. And their flaw was that they had become loveless. Do you understand me, sir? Yeah. A beautiful church. So many great works. They were patient. They rebuked the deeds of the Nicolaitans. They rebuked the deeds of the Nicolaitans. But the Bible said they were loveless. Hmm. Now, I began to check in my spirit that why did the Bible say they were loveless? Why is the Bible making emphasis on love? But if you love me, then you will keep my, my commandments. Yes. John, I think John 13, 35, that if you are my disciples, then you will love one another. So it boils down back to love is the greatest of all commandments in the church. So they had every other thing, but they lost the main. For love is the summary of all the Ten Commandments. Hmm. So they, they, they were holding on to every other thing, but they lost the major. Oh my God. I, I wish you understood I understand that. It. Say, this, you did well. That, you did well. Your work. You, you have built church. You have donated money. Eh? You are not fornicating. You are not involved in sexual immorality. Mm. You have not permitted Jezebel amongst the leaders of your church. Mm. But love, you've forsaken your first love. So, what does first love mean? Two words. First love. The love that you had for me at the beginning. When our love affair, your spiritual romance, when it started with me, what was your spiritual fervency and temperature like? How you loved me to the point of death. No, the Bible says, and they love not their life. Mm. It didn't say, and they prayed not their life. They love not their life. So there's a point a man will love his life that you are ready to stake your life for Christ. For God so loved the world, he gave. He gave his only begotten. So that, that meaning any love that you claim you love Christ and that you cannot live your life for Christ or you cannot go into matayadom, it mm. does not worth it. Mm. This is the question I even ask myself when I'm studying the scriptures. That, oh God, help me to love you. Help me to pant after you. Psalm 42. As the deer panted after, after water, my soul longed for you. I thirst for thee. Do you understand? Your first love. Your first love is in two dimensions, sir. The first dimension to God. The second dimension to humanity. Six o'clock. Six o'clock, yes. One hand is pointing up, the other hand is pointing down. Mm-hmm. The hand of the clock. The greater one points to God. The greater one points to God. How can you claim that you love God when you don't even love the brethren that you can see? If you love us, will you be bombing our churches? Mm-hmm. Will you be making the decrease against the body of Christ? Mm-hmm. It also show if you are shedding blood, is that a proof that you love? Mm-hmm. It's not. Jonathan against one another. Yes. Is that a proof? No. It's 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 it it means that the love has gone. Hmm. For that was forsaken your first love. But yet you were still carrying out every other religious activities in the church. Hmm. But the love was gone. Jonathan. Yes. So you can be lethargic, you can be religious, you can be anointed, but operating without love. What does it mean when you are forsaking your first love? To forsake your first love means you are secretly grieving the Holy Spirit. And you have become insensitive to him. You are dull to God and you are dull to the things of God. When you first got born again, you know how you used to attend services, attend church programs, how you used to sit down and read your Bible. 
If you, if you skip reading Bible a day, you would feel you were about to die, that something great was, was, missing. was, was missing. That's what it means. You've forsaken the first law. You are no longer enthusiastic, no longer excited. Things are just changing. When you got born again, 10, 20, 30 years ago, that you gave your life to Christ, when every middle of the night, you wake up and you are just weeping, how you love to see the glory of God. Mm. Is that the way you live your life now? Mm. You are just an efficient Christian. You are a member of the church of Ephesus. This letter, this message is just for you. Eh? Yes. When you start becoming satisfied with yourself, mm. rather than becoming like Jesus, there's a point some people will reach eh, that they are so full of themselves, maybe because the Almighty God has blessed them, they are satisfied with themselves. To become... Um, that was forsaking your first love. To forsake your first love is to start seeking your, your own self-opinion. When you forsake your first love, you begin to seek self-opinion, you begin to seek your own self-power, you begin to seek pride, prestige, and pleasure. Those sacrifices that you were doing, your spiritual discipline, all those things that you were doing then, in order to keep up with your, your, your spiritual uh, vigor, all of those things are being gradually stopped now. It is a proof that you are forsaking your first love. You, to forsake your first love means you now, you now start trusting God less. Hello, sir. Yes, sir. When we got born again, when we gave our life, eh, yes. our faith was minimal. Hmm. Do you understand? Yes. We simply heard the message and we believed. Now that we are in Christianity for 10 years, we are, we are still doubting God. But when we are coming into faith, we never doubted that simple message. Hmm. It means that even our... Things. Yes, with simplicity of faith. Even it now means that our, our, our faith, when we were getting born again that day, even looks better than, than being 10, 20 years in the Lord. And yet we are still doubting Him. Do you understand me, sir? Hmm. Uh-huh. At that point, we are trusting Him less. Even our holiness now, there are a lot of things that we are now under, underrating. Hmm. Then, you dare not lie. You do a little thing, you go back and you are weeping. Then, you used to be a wet sinner. Now, you are a dry sinner. No matter the sin, our eyes are dry. Tears no longer come down from our face. You are forsaking your first love. You start compromising. You start serving him less. For some people to do anything for Christ now in the church, they negotiate, they monetize. They are looking for this the amount they want. That's the amount that they want. Mm. You cannot... See, by the time you start seeing fear, hypocrisy in people, eh? or you see them accumulating wealth, it's just a sign that they are forsaking their first law. Then, Paul said, you could even give your, your eyes, your life out to us. But now, things are fast changing. Mm. Do you understand? Yes. When you forsake your first love, it's easy for you to now start playing politics in the church. Yes. You, you play politics and you permit maladministration. Hmm. Eh? Nepotism. It's a sign that we are forsaking something. It's painful, but that is the truth. Hmm? Yes. Don't forget the Bible says, I know thy works, so your first works. I know how you have uh, been fighting sin, but the love part. It is gone. Hmm. Hmm? Yes. You start dimming your light and your focus on Christ and on heaven is reduced. Hmm. Hmm? Yes. Because Christ is everything. 
And when you forsake, it means everything about Christ is gradually coming down in your life. You permit yourself to be distracted. Your spiritual zeal for the kingdom is coming down. Complacency is permitted in your spirit. Mm. Uh, after all, the Lord has helped us. This is the point that we have reached. I have been promoted by man. And you know what shocks me, sir? Some promotion by, by man may not be promotion from God. Of course. It's painful. To be God. Your name may bear all titles. Most Apostle. reverend, opposed to most reverend. Right, right sure reverend, God. left reverend. They may not be the sign that you are still in contact with your first love. Jonathan, hmm. yeah. let me give you this quick example. You know when couples are, are in love, you see them left and right, left and right. By the time they are married and their love is coming down, they are still living together. But that love has come down. Hmm. They may be living in different rooms in the house, hmm. but people say they live in the same house. Hmm. That, in my spirit, I perceive that that is how the body of Christ is now. to Christ. Yes. They've reached a point where their love has plateaued. Hmm. It's declining. They've reached climax. And that thing they taught us in economics, law of diminishing return. They, they feel they've reached the climax. So what happened? They start coming down. They start losing evangelistic zeal. Hmm. It's easy. When a Christian can no longer evangelize, can no longer share the gospel, even on the Facebook, on, uh, on social media, or on the gospel media, hmm. it's a sign that they, are, they have plateaued. They are already coming down. When they start seeing the world as the enemy, instead of as our mission field, Hmm. It's a pure sign that we are forsaking our first love. Hmm. Do you understand? Yes. But I'm glad that the Bible also tells us the solution. God never identifies a problem without not giving a solution. So, repent. Go back to the height from which that was falling. Is there? So let, let me search out the verse here. Yeah, from verse 4 again. He said, Yes, there is one thing that is wrong. Nevertheless, this I have against you. You don't love me as at the first. Think about those things. Now, he's talking about solution. Hmm. About, those, about those times of your first love. How different now? In your heart, you know there's a difference. Yes. You know. Of course. You no longer fast. You can no longer even pray for one hour. Hmm. Oh, just one hour. Jesus told the apostle. Could you not watch with me for just one hour? You mean one hour is just a child's play? It's a kindergarten school of prayer. Hmm. Not even the advanced. The beginner stage. Beginner stage, yes. The dummy stage. Hmm. Can you not just do this for me for just one hour? Do you get me, sir? Yes. Yes. Say, and turn back to me again. Or repent. The message of repentance is coming again to you this morning. Where you are forsaking your first love. Repent and come back to Christ. Hmm? And turn back to me again. And walk as you did before me. Eh? Yeah. But if perhaps you don't repent, the judgment will come. Hear what he says. Or else, I will come and I will remove your candlestick from its place among the churches. Can mm -hmm. you imagine? No wonder I said, for you have a reputation that you are alive, but you are dead. Mm -hmm. I will remove your cathedral, your church. Eh? Your emblem, your logo, mm -hmm. your charisma on the altar. You may still remain charismatic, but God is saying it's not about charismatism. Mm. It's about your first love. 
you still may be operating in your gifts, blah, 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 blah. Yes, the gift and the calling of God is without repentance. Abby, Romans 11, 29. Yeah. The gift is there. The anointing will work. But you know that even though you are still anointed, you are not as passionate as, before. as you used to be when you first gave your life to Christ. In fact, it was your passion that, that drove you to pay the price for the release of the anointing. Mm. Now the anointing has come, you have thrown away your passion. And that's why we are plateauing. That's why the church is not moving. We, we are not expanding the frontiers of the kingdom. Does it not surprise you? How ordinary COVID, eh? hmm. Corolla, Corolla, Corona, coronavirus, coronavirus. We are shutting our churches for it. It's a slap on the body of Christ. With all due respect, it's painful. And you, you claim to be in the you you, you claim to be in the kingdom of God as a time like this, hmm. it's, sir. It means the body of Christ should have come and speak against this. If the body, yes, if the body of Christ, sir, we believe that shall decree a thing and it shall come to pass. Is it not in the scriptures? Yeah. Don't you believe it? Yes. We do. Sir, this is my humble suggestion. I may be wrong, but please, all our listeners, all the audience, permit me if I'm wrong. But I believe so strongly that if the church was still in our first love. That love that is burning and they love not their life unto death. Corolla will have gone. So we would have taken it up as our responsibility as a church. As a church, as a body of Christ. You and I. And pray it out of the world. Sir. Every nation. We we will soon get to that um, to one of the books that says, because you are no longer working, say I will cast you on the sick bed. Is it not a sign that coronavirus is casting the church on the sick bed? Please pardon me, all, all our fathers in the Lord. Hmm. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We can... It, a, that woman I call her Jezebel. Um, I will cast her on the sick bed and I will kill her children. Hmm. It, in my opinion, it looks like hmm. the church cannot be around and darkness is raining. Yeah. This is a challenge for the church to wake up, to go back to Christ, and let us let us stand our ground for Christ yes. and in Christ and with Christ yes. and before Christ. Do you understand? Yes. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Well, you've spoken on the the first church. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, because in fact, I um there is no better time than now. This is the question I would like to ask you. If every Christian was to be like you, will Christianity make impact? If everyone is to maintain your own spiritual fervency, will there be anything called the church by now? Do you understand? Yeah. So it's... it's in fact... <laughs> The scripture is very, very clear. That the truth of the matter is that a church is made up of individuals. The passion, your love for the church will never be greater than the collective passion of all our members. If we are on fire for Christ, the passion will be reflected in our church. If we grow cold in our love for Christ, that coldness will also be evident in the life of the church. Please, we are calling everyone to come back alive. 
every one of us that we are forsaking our first love. Yes. Please, anywhere you are, either you are a Christian, either you are a Christian, or you are just listening to this for the first time, and, and you know that you want to be on fire for Christ. We are going to just pray this very simple prayer. We are going to pray this very simple prayer with you. Father Lord, please bring our listeners back to the place of your love. Lord, love that sets on fire, bring us back to the Calvary love. Let the fire of the gospel burn in our hearts in the name of God. The fire of the gospel, let it burn in our hearts in the name of God. Lord, set us on fire. Let us burn in the name of God. Let let us be be broken from our churches, from our individual lives in the name of Jesus. Lord, send your spirit of revival in our hearts. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, because you will never fail us. Thank you, blessed Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. God bless everyone. We appreciate you and um, thank you for listening to our podcast. You may please share this podcast with your friends and relatives. You may please share it on all social platforms. And we trust that the Lord will, the Lord will send revival back into our hearts in the name of Jesus. Amen. We also want to thank everyone, of, everyone that has been sending letters of encouragement and those that have been sending their testimonies to us from across the world. We so much appreciate you and may the Almighty God bless you. We also would like to um, tell you to be expectant of the next episode because we intend to go through um, the seven churches. Each church, each episode. So this is just the first episode. So please expect the teaching on the church of Smyrna. I tell you, it's going to be fantastic. In the next episode. In the next episode. Yes, in a couple of days. Bye for now, and we love you from Lagos, Nigeria. God bless everyone. Thank you, Pastor Israel. Thank you. You are welcome. God bless you. Amen. This is Adela Moses Adeodu, your favorite podcaster. God bless you all. Thank you for ha- for having me this morning. God bless you, sir. Thank you, sir. In addition of the letter to the seven churches, I'm sure you are blessed during the exposition and application of the letter to the Church of Ephesus. So today, this morning. We'll be studying into the second church called the Church of Smyrna. My name is Adiela Moses, the son of Adiela. And in the studio with me, I have our usual pastor, God's son, Pastor Israel. Thank you for having me again. You're welcome. So, sir, question one. Let us uh, see what and where the Bible talks about the Church of Smyrna. The Church of Smyrna. Yeah. The Church of Smyrna is um, in Revelation chapter number 2, from verse 8 to 11. Revelation chapter 2, from verse 8 to 11. Though Smyrna no longer exists, what you are going to get now is Ismail, I-Z-M-I-R. Hmm. Yes, it's, it's somewhere in um, Turkey. Okay. Yes. I am, Smyrna used to be an ancient city in the west coast of Asia Minor which is the present-day Turkey. And, of course, it used to be a major trading center in the ancient world. Mm. So that's just a little background about Smyrna itself. Okay. But let me show you what Christ had to say. You know, last week we were talking about um, how God asked Jesus to give a revelation to the angel, and then the angel gave it to the apostle, and yes. the apostle gave it to the church, yeah. which speaks more about how God vetted that process. Quality, assur- uh, quality control, quality yeah. assurance, that the book of Revelation is extremely important. It's an end-time revival book. Mm. 
If the church does not want to miss it, then we must keep searching into Revelation. Revelation tells you about where we are going. Of course. The word revelation means to reveal, mm. to unveil yes. the apocalypse. For you to see enough of the past. Let's talk about the qualifications and the criteria that gets us into heaven. Of the things which are about to happen mm. right now. You know, the angel told um, John, write. Yes. <laughs> so these, are, these things are written unto us, whom the end of the world has come. So last week we dealt um, well on the, the book of, um, of the letter to the, to the church of Ephesus. Ephesus. Exactly. Yes. And then this week we'll be looking at the um, we'll be looking at um, letter to the church of Smyrna. To the church of Smyrna. Yes. Good. And this is what the Lord sent to the church of Smyrna. All right. Good. And on t- I'm reading from Revelation chapter two verse eight. And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna, write. So if it is written to the church of Smyrna, then the members of the church should read. Uh-huh. If yes. they wrote, yeah. then this is a, they are written for us to read. Yes. Good. This thing said the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works. So that church had works. Hmm. And your tribulation. And poverty, mm. but thou art rich, and I know the blasphemy of them which say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Oh my God, which thou shalt, shalt suffer. suffer. Meaning, there is a letter, there is a prophecy already mm. asking you that be prepared because you are going to suffer. Mm. Mm? Yes. Any Christianity that does not tell you that. Prepare for eventualities of the future. Then you have to be careful. Do you understand? Yeah. You see, but before that time, we were talking about persecution. Mm. It means he knew that the church had been persecuted. The church of the living God, eh? the church of the king of kings, mm. of the king of heaven, will always be persecuted by the kings of the earth. It's a normal thing. Mm. He said... But the gate of hell will not prevail. But the gate of hell will not prevail. Good. But Christ has prepared our heart. In the world, you will see tribulation. In this, you will see tribulation. But we have a chair. Good. Overcome the world. Yes, sir. Now, it is not a new thing. I'm going to tell you that there, there had always been primitive persecutions hmm. for the church. If you study um, Fox's book of the Matthias, I think it's a book that we from the Abbas nation will recommend to everybody. Please lay your hand upon a copy of the book and read it. Mm-hmm. That is the faith of our fathers. That is the real faith of Christianity. If you don't even know the faith, how can you earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints? Mm-hmm. I'm quoting the book of Jude now. Yeah. Earnestly contend for the faith. Earnestly contend for the faith. But the problem is many don't even know the faith that they are contending for. Oh. Mm-hmm. You understand? Yes. For example, there was a time that there was oh, the first mass persecution occurred under Nero. Yeah. That was an emperor, emperor. a Roman emperor. Yes. In AD AD sixty seven, the sixth emperor of Rome. Yes. Who set Rome aflame? Set Rome on fire. Hmm. Yes. And then he blamed the Christians for it. Hmm. Yes. It what, is. What it, is serious persecution? Yes. 
In fact, there have been times when they would even burn some Christians alive in order to illuminate their garden. For example, anytime there was no electricity, everywhere was dark, they would set some Christians on fire so that it would lighten up that place. So the Christians have now become firewood. Yes, they, they were. But don't forget that in Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible says, of whom the world was not worthy to, to have. Hmm. Jonathan, they were men that shot the mouth of lion. The, 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 in fact, the scripture is just too, too complete. Jonathan, yeah. some of them were fed to lions. So they were prayed to Just them. because they were Christians. Yes, sir. Yes. The second was, was under Domitian in AD 81. Whenever any bad thing happened, whether it was famine or pestilence or earthquake, he, he, would, al- he would always put the Christians to, to death, saying the Christians had caused it. On and on and on like that. Trajan in AD 108. Marcus Antoninus in AD 162. Hmm. Whenever anything went wrong, the Christian would always be blamed. Persecution and tribulation is not new to the Christendom. Hmm. It should always fight us, but instead of weakening us, it makes us stronger. Hmm. Yes, I think it's um, 2 Corinthians chapter number, is it 4 or 5? Where Paul was saying that we are praised on every side. Yeah. But we are not destroyed. Exactly. So Christ wrote to the church of Smyrna and was telling them that Luko, I know thy works and thy tribulation. He was warning them. Hmm. Um, What's the name of this first martyr? Stephen. Stephen, stone to death. Yes. Martyrdom is not a new thing. Yes. So, I and your tribulation and your poverty. But that was rich. Physically, they looked poor. Hmm. Spiritually, Christ said they were rich. Hmm. That means you may be claiming that you are also rich physically, but Christ is saying you are poor. Hmm. Meaning, heaven's yastic is not our yastic on earth. And I know the blasphemy of them, which say that they are Jews, but they are not. But they are a synagogue of Satan. Let me dwell a a little bit on the word synagogue of Satan. What does it mean? Two things, sir. One, synagogue. Synagogue looks like a temple or like a church. Yes. But of Satan. It means that it is not every gathering that looks like of Christ that Mm. is of Christ. Some may be of the devil. Mm. That is to say, yes, you sir. can put on the, the overall of a doctor and yet you are a mechanic. That you wear a cassock. Does not necessarily make, make you a, a man of God. Mm. Does not make you a monk. Yes, sir. Eh? A big cassock does, does not necessarily mm. make a monk. Yes, sir. Mm. Meaning Christ is asking us to be very careful. You see, Christ is telling us that you church of minor or you individuals that live in Smyrna, or you members that may be characterized as Smyrna Christians, hmm. be very careful of the synagogue of Satan. They will build it like a church, like a cathedral. Hmm. But it may not be Christ who is the... Christ may not be the senior pastor. He may not be the shepherd. Hmm. Instead of a shepherd, he may be a wolf hmm. that is there. So the synagogue of Satan is where you don't have a pastor, but you have a wolf hmm. who is fleecing or is killing, or is milking the members dry. Like many fake churches that we have And now, fake pastors. But named as churches. With all due respect, yes. Mm. 
It's just for Christians to be more sensitive. Hmm. Synagogue of Satan. You know, the Bible says in the book of Psalms, said, have respect for covenant, for the dark place of this world is full of habitation of darkness hmm. or of cruelty. So the synagogue of Satan is the habitation of cruelty. Where people sit down and they are promulgating, they are, they are decreeing evil against the body of Christ. Do you get me, sir? Yes, sir. It's called the synagogue of Satan. Anywhere where Satan dwells, synagogue is where you can dwell. So it means the seat or the throne of Satan. Hmm. We can simply call it occult centers. Anywhere. Now, these are the five things that the devil wants to get out, get out of the church. Number one, the devil wants to make sure that the lordship of the church no longer is no longer in the hand of God. Hmm. Satan wants to push God out. Which, can, which is impossible. Which is witchcraft. So the synagogue of Satan is the place of witchcraft. It's the place of the occult. Hmm. It's the place where they drink blood and they eat flesh. Hmm. The eaters of flesh and the drinkers of blood. of blood. I hope you know that exists. Exactly. There are so many abortion clinics around the world now. Hmm. Where when they abort when they abort for you, it is men that will eat the photos. Hmm. They are just witches and wizards. It does not matter the prefix in front of your name. Hmm. You may be a, a doctor, a medical doctor, and yet you are a witch or you are a wizard. Yeah. Do you get me, sir? Yes. Good. All right. Sina- shown synagogue of Satan. Shown of Satan. Where Satan dwelleth. Those who have the mysteries of darkness in their hands. So instead of using the Bible, the Holy Bible, they pervert it then they now import strange teachings, strange doctrines. Bible calls it the doctrines of the devil. Hmm. In the last days, perilous times shall come. Of course, these are the last days. Hmm. And there is peril even right on the altar. Yes. Do you understand me, sir? So the scripture is clear about it. The synagogue of, of Satan. Satan. Hmm. The place where Satan dwells. Where dark decisions are taken. You know? Hmm. Where causes enchantments are pronounced, hmm. satanic thrones, where the powers that govern the earth, eh? hmm. wicked powers, where they dwell, where they take decision, all of that is what we call the synagogue of Satan, Satan. and much more. I'm not limiting it at all. Hmm? Yeah. In fact, most of the time, it is the synagogue, any, any place where, where there is a synagogue of Satan or where there is a chain of Satan, before you know it, war will be there. Hmm. War will Confusion. be there. So that there can be bloodshed. Yes. And they need the blood. Yes. Yes, sir. So, the Bible says, but a synagogue of Satan. Fear, now, good. One sure thing about synagogue of Satan, sir, is that Everything the Bible says, they want to contradict. Hmm. I'm sure you know about the Church of the Lord. Yeah. So just opposite the Church of the Lord, we also have Church of Satan. <laughs> Do I need to tell you anything again? Amen. Synagogue of Satan or Church of Satan. What I even love most about that, those ones are very direct. They are not deceiving people. Hmm. So there are two types of Synagogue of Satan. The one that is direct and the one that is not direct. Do you understand, yes. sir? Uh-huh. Now, the whole essence of synagogue of Satan is that they want to get five things out of the church. Number one, they want to get God out of the church. Hmm. Hmm? Number two, they want to get Christ 
out of the church. That's not possible. You know, in the book of Revelation, sir, they have to, and I stand in the midst of, say, I am he that standeth in the midst of the seven candles. Am I correct? And the seven um, lampstands. Revelation chapter 1 and 2. Am I correct, sir? Yes. And then if you move forward a little bit, you will now hear the Bible again <laughs> saying, uh, and I stand at the door of every other and I knock. Hmm. The man that was standing in the midst, when did he get out that we did not discover? <laughs> That's number two. Satan wants to make sure that he gets Christ out of the church. Hmm. Number three, Satan wants to make sure that the Holy Spirit is out of the church. And once the Holy Spirit is out, the unholy will come in, which is the devil or demons. Hmm. Do you get? Yes. Number four thing that Satan wants to make sure that he gets out of the church eh, is the Bible. Hmm. That's why you see that so many people no longer dig into the Bible. They no longer preach from the Bible. They would rather, they would rather preach from, from, uh, from the theories, from principles of man, economic is- principles, hmm. and be quoting men instead of quoting Christ. Yes. And the fifth and the last thing that the devil wants to make sure he gets out of the church is sound doctrines. Mm. Sound teachings. Sound doctrines of the Bible. Do you understand? Yes. And lastly, the devil wants to make sure that he gets good pastors out of the church. Mm-hmm. So that half-baked men can come. A man may wear collar. It does not mean you have calling. Yes, sir. That you wear collar does not mean you have calling. <laughs> eh? That you wear three-piece suits does not turn you to a pastor. <laughs> Sir, an armed robber can wear three-piece suits. You can even wear, wear suits for a monkey. At the, yes, but, but that does not mean the monkey should have access to the altar. The synagogue of Satan. It now says, now, I'm on verse 10. Fear none of those things which thou art suffer. Thou shalt suffer. So it means there are some things that will happen. Christ is preparing the church. Please, I say this very emphatically. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Let the body of Christ, let the global church wake up. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison. So, there is going to be a time that some people will be cast. It may not be prison as in prison. But just get set that the devil is going to do some shaking. Hello, sir. Yes, sir. I strongly believe that the COVID is a shaking. The COVID should make us to wake up. The church should wake up. Mm. That ye may be tried. So a time of trial will come. Ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death. And I will give thee the crown of, of life. You shall have tribulation. Hello, sir. Yes, sir. The Bible is very, very clear about tribulation, persecution, trial. Just as you know that people have been persecuted for their faith. Eh? Yes. Let me give you an instance. In the early, among the early Christians, sir. Yes. Those who believed in Christ. Eh? Yes. Fact, even Jesus Christ himself. The Bible says he was part upon. He was beaten beyond recognition. He was humiliated. Mm. And finally, he was nailed to the cross like an ardent criminal, left to die. What do you call that? Mm. Persecution. Seriously. 
Look at all of the apostles, even after Stephen. James the Great, the other brother of John the Apostle, he was beheaded in AD 44. James the Great. Look at Philip. He was thrown into the prison and was later crucified in AD 54. Look at Matthew the tax collector. He was slain with an halberd in AD 60. James the Less, the brother of our Lord, the younger brother of Jesus Christ, the one that wrote the book of James, he also suffered martyrdom. At the age of 94 years, he was beaten and stoned by the Jews. Look at Matthias. Hope you know him. Yeah. Matthias was the man that replaced Judas. He was stoned and, be, and beheaded even in Jerusalem. Not at the throne of Satan. In Jerusalem, the only city. Look at Andrew, Peter's brother. He was crucified transversely. Mark. Mark. Mark was the one that used to write for Peter. He was dragged and pierced in pieces in Alexandra. That's the, the modern day Egypt, I guess. Then Peter was crucified upside down by Nero. Paul, he was scourged, stoned, and he was bearded by the same Nero. Look at Jude, the brother of James. He was crucified at um, Edessa. That's in AD 70. Bartholomew, he was translated um, to in India, he was cruelly beaten and he was also crucified. Thomas the Doubter, he was also martyred. They, they threw a spear to, to, at him. They trusted a spear. Look at Luke. He was hanged on an olive tree in Greece. Simon the Zealot, he was also crucified, A.D. 74. The only one that died, died a natural death is um, John that wrote Revelation. John the but John, John the Beloved, yes, sir. But even before that, he had been shown into the hot oil. Good. So, hot oil. Christ is telling us as the church of Smyrna. Now, please, I need you to know something. When you, study the, when you study the book of Revelation with the church of Ephesus, that one, Jesus came to that church. So nevertheless, I have this against you. But for this particular church, it did not have anything against them. It looked like the only church that had a pass mark. But nevertheless, it strengthened their feet. He told them, don't be scared. Though. There are some things that you will soon suffer. Even though there was no, nevertheless, I have this against you. But he told them, be careful. Some things will come, some, some attacks, some persecutions will come against you. He now says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. He that overcometh shall not be out of the second death. So, we have said the church of Smyrna. There are some people that God is looking at them and God is pleased with them. But nevertheless, God is telling them that persecution will come, tribulation will come. Hold on to your faith. No matter what happens, it is today we know, sir. COVID is shaking faith. Hold on to your faith. Mm. It's just a faith. It will soon pass away. Hold on to your faith. 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 The bishop of um, Smyrna, his name was Polycap. Hmm? Of course, he was, he was born 
for refusing to deny his faith. Yes. So maybe that was why the Bible was, was telling us that, ah, you guys, things will happen that they want to shake your faith. Mm. But there's an encouragement, there's an encouragement from God mm. that you should kindly hold on. Irrespective of the persecution, yes. there's an encouragement. Yes. Please hold on. Trials are coming. Eh? Trials are coming. Hold on to your faith. But the scripture now says something. And on this note, I want to round up. Say, be faithful. Be ye faithful. What does it mean to be faithful? So faithfulness is the cure for persecution. Do you get me, sir? Mm. In the face of persecution, persecution and trial, except you are faithful. If you are not faithful, you will fall. Compromise. You will compromise. What does it mean to be faithful? To be faithful is to uphold every teaching of Christ. But is it not the teaching that you that that you truly understand? When men no longer even preach the gospel, so how can you be faithful to to what you don't know? Hmm. Do you understand me, sir? So what the Bible is saying is this: there is a yardstick. To knowing faithfulness. The faithfulness of a church is measured by our obedience to the word of God. That means you need to really understand what stewardship means. What trial means, what persecution means. It means the doctrine and the teaching of sweetness. Sweet, sweet things. Yes. Eh? Eh, yummy, yummy messages. Yummy, yummy doctrine. Will only lead you. When a man takes too much sugar, what is the sickness that... Diabetics. diabetics. <laughs> so there will be spiritual diabetics. And pile. If you don't understand the teachings of faith, it will reduce your immune system. It will, it will break down your spiritual immune system. Do you understand? Mm. So we, we have to go back to this era of preaching the word of God undiluted. To be fervent in prayer, in holiness, in stewardship. Pure to, to understand our identity, to hold on back to faith. Hmm? Yeah. We live in the last days, sir. These are the last, these are the last days of the very last days. Mm. The last days of the very last days. The end of the end. Mm. So please, we are we are pleading with every to every of our listener. Let faith come back alive in you. Please go back to understand the Bible. If you go back and understand sound doctrines, the teachings, don't be carried away. I know there are men that are lowering the standard of Christianity. We plead with you. God has a standard. And God will never lower a standard because of anyone. So please, we are pleading with you. Tell yourself the truth. Like, like my people will say, borrow yourself, bring. Eh? Wake up your senses and stop fooling yourself. God has a standard. <laughs> and we pray that every of our listeners, they will understand this message and the Lord will help us to uphold the standard of Christianity once more. In Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, as uh, we have heard your word concerning this seven, uh, letter to the seven churches, the second church, Lord, give us the grace to live by your word. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank Amen. you. God bless you.
My name is Adela Moses, the son of Adeodi once again. And, and my pastor. name is Israel Shedepo. And we hope to see you um, in the next few days where we'll be looking at the letter to the church of Pagamos. Mm. Pagamos, the pagan church, the paganistic, where we'll be, where we'll be talking about the, 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 the paganistic practices, the pagan practices in the church. So see you at the next episode, the next series, in the next two, three days. God bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.